Okay. Good morning, everyone. Last week, I delivered, I hope I delivered a message on Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, but I only capitalized on one verse, the very first verse. This time, I'm on the same MO, chapter 7, but I hope to accomplish more than just verse 1. So without further ado, as you can see on the screen, Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 14, and I'm going to see how far I can get today. Number 2. Of course, I'm going to repeat the context, that is the verses. A good name is better than a than a good ointment. And the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Don't forget, this is Solomon's under the sun view, but I must say, sometimes he goes over the sun, and I'll explain that as I go along. So I'm going to repeat verse 1 again, so I can stay on course. A good name is better than a, than a good ointment, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Verse 2 it is better to go into the house of mourning, that's where I'm going to be starting officially, than to go to a house of feasting, because that is the end of every man. And the living takes it to heart, sorrow is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. Number three. I want you to know that as I was sitting in that chair this morning and talking to different people this morning concerning their lives, I'm going to try to incorporate their what they had said to me, which is so appropriate for this message. The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, while the mind of fools is in the house of pleasure. It is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. I assume I'm speaking loud enough. For as the crackling of thorns bushes under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. And this too is futility. For oppression makes a wise man mad I wonder what that means. And a bribe corrupts the heart. Verse 8, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patience of spirit is better than haughtiness or proud of spirit. Number 4, do not be eager in your heart to be angry for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. I'm trying to go slow so you can catch on and I can speak clearly and stay on focus. Wisdom, I'm on verse 11. Wisdom along with an inheritance is good and an advantage to those who see the sun. For wisdom is protection, just as money is protection. But the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life or lives of its possessors. Only a few more to go before we start. By the way, I, 
I don't want you to sit there and not say amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. I want you to get involved in this message. And that's what we should do. When you come into the house of the Lord, we are not to be as the Stoics. There was a group of people called the Stoics. No emotions, no no appetite, and so on. Uh, and, And they were just sitting back. But we're not Stoics if we're born again Christians. You ought to speak up for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible says, and this is not in your nose, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do you have breath this morning? Then praise Him. There's a verse I'm going to say later on. It starts with every knee is going to bow, but I'll get to that later. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. I'll get to that later. Let me start verse 13 again. Consider the work of God for who is able to straighten what he has bent in the day of prosperity. Be happy, but in the day of adversity consider. God has made the one as well as the other so that man will not discover anything that will be after him. Okay, I'm done with that portion. And let me proceed. I'm back to verse 1 with a few more comments about Verse 1, as I did last week, and I'm going to reiterate, I only capitalize on verse 1, but I have added some new things to it. A good name is better than a good ointment, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Question. Say question. I told you I wanted you to get involved. Question, my brother. Question for you and me. Now, I'm going to go back. I'm staying right on this page. I'm going back. Listen closely. This is for you and me. A good name is better than a good ointment. And the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. And I already asked you to say questions, so here goes. Since you and I have been saved. Did you get that? Since you and I have been saved, what kind of name have you and I been carrying around for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? How about it, Christian? I'm talking to you and myself. I'm not just pointing my finger at you. I'm pointing it back at Brother Bruce. Since you and I have been saved, and notice I have been saved. You have been saved. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? It's past. Something happened in the past. It's called Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what it's called. He has a name above every name, and I've already mentioned that. What kind of name have you and I been carrying around for the King of Kings? That's right. He's the King of Kings, and he's the Lord of Lords. Number seven. That good name for Christ, you're representing, and I didn't make it, that's not a misspelling, you're representing Jesus Christ. You, Christian, I, Christian, are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Who's he talking about? Born again Christians. But the path of the righteous, this is what Proverbs says. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect, as the King James would say, the perfect day. 
I'm going to repeat that last one again. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect or full day. Number eight. From darkness to light. For, for you, that's you and me, were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. That last part, say walk. Do you know that word means your daily life? I'm talking about you and me. Walk as children of light. For you are all the sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of the darkness. Can I get a witness? Are you and I? Are we sons of light? Number nine. However, and I got to put my foot down on this one. In other words, to keep my balance spiritually. That path can get darker and darker if, here I go again, you and I neglect to get into the Word of God. Can I get a witness? It gets darker if you don't pray. It gets darker if you hang around unbelievers. It gets darker if, some, if you don't do some type of service to the Lord. God has called you to do some service to the Lord. What are you doing with the gift? I can call it a gift. What are you doing with that gift, that service? Are you in some type of service to the Lord? It doesn't have to be at this church. It can be anywhere where God puts you. You name it. You know what is you know what's neglecting you to get into the word. You know you know what's neglecting you to pray. You know not what's neglecting to hang around unbelievers. And I just heard this this morning and I wouldn't dare point anybody out, but one person came up to me and said, "I'm living with Satanists." Lord, have mercy. What was my advice to that person? Get out of there. That just happened this morning. There are certain things that you cannot be involved in. You can't be in the house of those who claim they are certainness and be of service to Jesus Christ. You name it. Number 10. Therefore, say therefore. How will we escape? I'm talking to us Christians. If you neglect, it's a neglect. So great. This is a great salvation. Say great salvation. Now this is where I'm going to deviate from my texts. In the beginning, someone asked me about the Greek this morning, too. And I pointed out John 1 1 or its context. So great salvation. Can you say that? So great salvation? All right, here it is. In the beginning was the Lagos. That's the word for word. In the beginning was the Lagos, the word. And the word, the Lagos, was with God. And translated into the Greek, 
It's the Word. Whoever the Word is had a face-to-face with God, the Father. That's what some texts read. He had a relation to the Father. What do you bring that in there for? And the Word, John 1.14, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's how we obtain, if I can put it that way, this so great salvation. This person, this being who had a face-to-face with God the Father came down to rescue you and me out of our iniquity. Can I get an amen? I'm going to say it again in English. In the beginning was the word. And that word was reaches back before time began. This person who rescued you and me from our degradation and from our sure destiny to a Christless eternity, he stepped out of eternity and came to occupy a place in human time. That's why this salvation is so great. Because it was the eternal son of God who saw you and my condition. And he said, Father, I'll go down. But do you know what else he said? I'm going to rescue a people for my glory. Can I get a witness? And here's the word. And the word of God is living. What's living? This book. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces as far as the division of the soul and spirit to both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. You cannot fool God and you can't fool the word. It's living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it divides between the spirit and the soul. That's right, you have a human spirit. And Jesus said it this way, and I know I'm a little bit off course, marvel not that I say unto you, religious person, you must be born again. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Marvel not, religious person. I go to church. I give my tithes. I pray. Marvel not, religious person. You must be born again. Observe what Paul says about his good name. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. Paul didn't say he wasn't saved. He didn't say that. So don't read into this. But he said he had to keep his body under subjection. You want to be a living testimony for Jesus Christ? You got to put a bridle on this human body. Can I get an amen? But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will, be, will not be disqualified. And I got another version here. There's young, at, at, that YLT stands for Young's Living Translation. But I chastise my body. 
and bring it into servitude, lest by any means, having preached to others, I myself become disapproved. I better go on to the next page because it explains that. Well, no, it doesn't. But I'll just say this. Christian, how about it? Brother Bruce, how about it? Do I keep this mind, this body under subjection? I got to pray about that. And if you're a Christian, you need to pray. Because I'm going to say it again. You cannot do it on your own strength and power. And I'm going to take this out of context. On the other hand, Philippians says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We all need strength. Verse 2. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting because that is the end of every man and the living take it to heart. Birthdays, I'm going back to the text, were generally kept with great festivity and to these the wise man most probably refers. But according to this word picture, the miseries of life were so many and so oppressive that the day of man's death was to be preferred to the day of his birth. Wow, that's kind of hard, Solomon. Serious and deep reflection on number 13, found in the house of mourning. But independently of this word picture, it is much more profitable to visit the house of mourning why is that? Why is it more profitable? He goes on to explain, for the dead, let me get this right, let me start over again, but independently of this word picture, it is much more profitable to visit the house of mourning for the dead than the house of festivity. In the former, that is the house of mourning, we find occasion for serious thought and deep edifying thoughts and reflection. When you're at a funeral, which many, all of us have been sooner or later, you start to think about your and my mortality. We are going to pass sometime in this life. Can I get an amen? Unless Jesus comes back before. That's right. If you don't know, and I'm just going to add this in, the Son of God is coming back. He's coming back. Who's coming back for? He's coming back for his people. In the former, we find occasion for serious and deeply edifying thoughts. From the latter, we seldom return with one profitable thought or one solid impression. I'm glad I got to number 14. You've got to answer this question. Which of these two helps you and I to think about life? When you're a house of partying, you're a party animal. You're always partying. You don't think about death. But whether you think about it or not, it's coming. Or the house of mourning. As I said, sometimes when you go to a room, you just start to think about, when is it going to be my time? 
Let me add this, and I said it before, and I don't think it's in my notes. For the Christian to be absent, you've heard me say it before, I hope you won't get tired. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Is that where you're headed? If your heart were to stop this very second, where would you spend eternity? That's a serious question. Or the house of parting. You don't even think about it. You're always parting. Everything is hunky-dory. When everything is not hunky-dory. What does God have to do to get your attention? So he said, this is found in 1 Kings, Go forth and stand in the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Say, Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after that, the wind and earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a still, I know it says gentle up there, a still small voice. I don't know who you are. I have not the slightest idea who I may be talking to. What does it take to get your attention? This is both the Christian and the non-believer. Can I get an Amen. Is it a strong wind? You have to bring some strong winds into your life? How about an earthquake? Does that get your attention? Maybe, maybe not. How about fire? All kinds of fire. I'm not, I'm not going to try to name, name them. But the last part, all those are leading up to one thing. Still, gentle voice. If you're not saved, I don't have the slightest idea who I'm talking to. God wants to whisper to you, you need to get saved today. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Don't be presumptuous. You never know when you're going to pass. And it's a haughty spirit. That word haughty means proud. Oh, I guess I'll clean my life up and I'll get saved tomorrow. You might not see tomorrow. It's presumptuous to presume upon God. Amos, I don't know where it's at because I don't have it in my news. Prepare to meet God. Can you say prepare? Prepare. Are you prepared to meet God? Are you? Am I? Say, Lord. I got it lined out here. I got to ask you a question. God highly, that's not on the screen. Jesus' exaltation. God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. <clears throat> In Philippians 2.9, the Apostle Paul says that God bestowed on him the name 
the Greek word translated bestow means to give graciously. Christ so fully and completely accomplished God's plan of redemption that God wholeheartedly and graciously pointed out on Christ the gift of exaltation. Say exaltation. Why are you talking about that, brother? I'm going to say it for us Christians. That's right, us Christians. Is he exalted in your life? Is he Lord? Or is he second and third and fourth place? He is Lord even if you don't call him Lord. He's Lord. Let me find my place. Christ so fully and completely accomplished God's plan of redemption that God was wholeheartedly and graciously poured out on Christ the gifts of exaltation. Though he could not be made more than God, okay, he now enjoys all the privileges of God as well as all the privileges of the God-man. Say God-man. You're going to get tired of me saying this. There's a man in heaven. He's the God-man. And every knee, I'm, I'm going to put this away because it, it would take too long. Every knee is going to bow of things in heaven. That's angels. Things on earth. That's you and me. Unbelievers and believers. Someday, unbelievers, I don't know who I'm talking to, you are going to face the Lord and you, you're going to be let me get this right. You're going to be compelled that Jesus is Lord. And I'm saying this for you Christians, and that includes Brother Bruce. Is he Lord in my life? Is he Lord in your life? And that word Lord is the Old Testament comes from Isaiah 45, 23, where Jehovah God, yes, right, Jehovah God says, every knee is going to bow to me. Is Jesus God? Yes, he is. He's the God-man. I'm going to say it again. There's one mediator between God and man. And I love to say this. The man, the anthropos, Christ Jesus. Is he Lord right now, Christian? I know I'm going to say it again. Please forgive me if I'm repeating myself. Is he Lord in your life? Is he? Only you can answer that. Of things on earth and things under the earth, Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and on. What do you mean by under the earth? The demons are going to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. I'm going to say this again, maybe just for my sake. Is he Lord in my life? I'm going to tell you right now, I often wonder, can I get a witness? Maybe you too wonder if he's Lord. Verse 3, sorrow is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. Sadness, therefore, and sorrow are much more profitable for us than mirth and jollity or joyfulness. As we see in these verses, uh, let me get this right, as we see in those severe and stern rebukes, say stern rebukes. 
There's not a Christian alive who God doesn't have to chastise sometime. Why does he do it? Because he loves you. Because that grief which makes a man look sadly, whether it be for his own sins, I'll never forget it. It's been maybe 30 years ago, and I still remember this. It's amazing how, how you remember certain things. A man was handing out tracts uh, on his shift, I guess you could say, at an airport. And I was questioning him, and he says, oh, I never sin. He's deluded. There's not one Christian who never sins. Can I get an amen? But First John tells me if we confess our sins, he is just and willing to forgive us of our sins, and I like the next part, and to cleanse us. Every day, Brother Bruce and you and me, we need a cleansing. Why do I need a cleansing? I'll tell you why, because I need fellowship with him who is and was and who's coming. It is apt to do his soul good. Don't you know a Christian who speaks to you in love? He's trying to help you or it should be done in love. If one of you, me, anyone speaks to me, about some gigantic fault in my life, and believe me, I have them. Isn't it great that we have Christians that say, hey, brother, can I take you aside? Can we talk about this? Can I get an amen? amen. Instead of putting salt into the wound, good advice from a, a loving Christian is so precious. Number 17. In other words, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Let me just put it another way before I go on. You're sorry because you got caught. What a pity. But if your sorrow produces godly repentance, that's great. I don't need to dwell upon that. <clears throat> Solomon, this is 18, Solomon. Come on, it doesn't have a page. Solomon, you get at the top. I'm waiting for you to turn. There you go. Solomon, you are surely painting a dark picture and James 5.13 has something to say about it. Is anyone among you suffering? Pray for them. What's wrong with praying for somebody? What's wrong with taking them aside if they come up to you? What's wrong with saying, let's join hands and pray? Or are you too busy? Is anyone cheerful? 
He is to sing praises. We talked about praises in the beginning of this um, declaration this morning. How about praising the Lord? How about saying, Lord, I thank you for waking me up this morning. Lord, I thank you for helping me breathe. Thank you for helping me to get out of bed. Thank you for this and that. Can I get a witness? And the older you get, you realize thank you is always in order. I don't want you to turn to it. It's not on the screen. I wrote it down in my own handwriting. And be not drunk with wine. You said it. We're in his excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Say filled with the Spirit. What's that mean? Here's what it means in context. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let me read that over again. When's the last time you did this? Filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. When's the last time? And notice the first part. Be not drunk with wine. I'm not even going to go into it. There it is itself. Number 19. The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, while the mind of fools is in the house of pleasure. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. A wise man loves those occasions for which he can derive spiritual advantage. Say derive spiritual advantage. I got one thing to say. I know I've said it. For those who know where I'm going to go, I'm, I apologize, or maybe I shouldn't. The unsearchable riches of Christ. But I got one that I don't have. I think it's Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 1. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Who's the him? Jesus Christ. In him are hid all the treasures. Say treasures. That's where we get our word thesaurus from. That's where we get our word for thesaurus. In Jesus Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me give you one more before I go on. In case I... In case I this is Colossians. No, it's Corinthians. I'm not going to turn to it because I don't have my ledger in there. But here's, here's what it says. Christ is made to unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Did you get that? Wisdom. You want wisdom? Get it from the Lord. You want sanctification? He gives you sanctification. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? He sets you apart. Don't you know, Christian, that the moment you accept Jesus Christ, he sets you apart for his work? Righteousness. Don't you know, Christian, when you take him on, he robes you in his own righteousness? I'm so glad that he robes me in his righteousness, not, not mine. I say redemption. 
redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. What you mean? That means he bought me back out of slavery. Slavery to what? Sin. Whether you're a polite sinner or a sinner sinner, he's able to save to the uttermost. And if I'm able to say it, he's able to save to the guttermost. Where are you at? He's able to save you. And I can't sing it, but I'll just say part of it. He's able. I can't sing it. He's able. I know he's able. Well, I murdered somebody. He's able. I'm an alcoholic. He's able. I use his name in vain. He's able. Can I get a witness? I'm, a, I'm addicted. He's able. He's the God man. Say it again, brother. Anthropos means man, and theos means God. Number 20. Experience has proved to all wise men that the solid lessons which they gather in the house of mourning are more valuable. I know I said it before. More sustaining. What do you mean by that? They stay with you. More consoling. And so in the end, more fruitful of joy than the frivolities which merely mask the sadness. There's not one person in here who hasn't had, and I want you to raise your hand, just raise your hand, if you ever had any sadness in your life. Come on, raise your hand. Okay? There's many sad people in here. I better go on. I'm, I'm going than the frivolity which merely the sadness and the heart and pass away in a moment, leaving deeper wretchedness. You're not going to like what I said, right, I'm going to say. But before you and I became Christians, the Bible describes us as wretched. I looked that alone because I'm not trying to finger point at anybody. 21. It is better to listen to the rebuke of the wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. The rebuke of the wise, another painful thing. Sometimes it's painful to listen to the truth about ourselves. Can I get an amen? amen. It's painful, but it pays off. Yes, sir. If you listen, and if you don't, you're going to pay the price. Godly reproof offends the flesh, but benefits the spirit. Fool songs in the house of mirth please the flesh. Oh, brother so-and-so, you're such a nice person and you never try to, well, that may or may not be true. Godly reproof offends the flesh. I'm so glad that I heard in the past few weeks some people in here, including me, were given some godly advice and we were honest enough to say, you're right about that. Can I get an amen? amen. Can you take godly advice without getting offended? Yeah. 
I hope you can because it benefits you. 22. I'm watching that clock this time. Amen. There's one hallelujah. I can use many of those. Here's what Psalm 141, 4 and 5 says. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing. To practice deeds of wickedness with men who do iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Are you better than they? Only because of Jesus Christ. You don't need to hang around people who are inclined to depreciate Jesus Christ and his work. Let the righteous smite me in kindness. Say in kindness. In kindness. Hey, brother, I'm going to take you into the back room. I heard some things about you. Is this true? That, that's not the spirit of Christ. It is oil upon the head. Do not let my head refuse it, for still my prayer is against their wicked deeds. I got a, many of you, I don't want to point to myself, many of us have a list of people we're praying for. You have a list? Do you ask people, are they saved? Get their name, write it down, start praying for them, excuse me. Can I get a witness? Why? I'm not going to turn to it. They're headed for a Christless eternity. And they don't realize how serious this thing is about getting saved. You do. Number 23. The crackling of thorns makes a great noise. I wonder if I should say this. The crackling of thorns makes a great noise and a great blaze and are extinguished in a few moments. Such indeed, comparatively, are the joys of life. They are noisy, flashy, and transitory. That word transitory means here today, going tomorrow. How about you and me, Christian? I'm going to say it anyhow. Talking loud... But you ain't saying nothing. You ain't got nothing to say about Jesus. You ain't got nothing to say about his so great salvation. You're just like the crackling of thorns. Number 24. Would you like to experience a long-lasting, non-crackling type of joy? I'm going to say that again. Would you like to experience a long-lasting, non-crackling type of joy? Here's what you got to do. Then come to him who says to you and me, come to me, all, say all, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and in the days of Jesus, 
And in and, and modern day, they don't give you a, a yoke harder than you can bear. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. Learn from who? Learn from Jesus. I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. You want real, you want real joy? Come to Jesus. I was just checking with a lady this morning. That's right, this very morning. I want to make sure I had it right. A homeless man said to her, since I found Jesus, that was the greatest thing that ever happened. He found Jesus. He's living in a shelter, but he found the Lord. Or I put it this way, the Lord found him. For he will grant you the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Who longs to share with you, number 25, the fruit of the Spirit, love, Joy, you see it's underlying, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There's no law against these things. And notice the second one, joy. There are times to be sad, but there's times to be joyful in Jesus. And where do you get it from? The Holy Spirit. And I'm going to add this in there again. Don't you let any false prophet tell you that the Holy Spirit is an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he longs to dwell in you and me at home. Why do you say that? For us, I'm talking about myself again, maybe about you. For us, maybe the Holy Spirit, he's there, but he's not home. He's not, he doesn't feel wanted. He doesn't feel needed but he wants to be up there. 26, verse 7. For oppression makes a wise man mad and a bribe corrupts the heart. What is meant by the word oppression? Probably everyone knows what a bribe is. I'm going to step out of this, um, and I mean to do this because I've been talking to myself all week. Say bribe. You are deluded. You are bribed if you think that Jesus Christ is not the eternal Son of God. If someone told you that he's just another prophet, they're bribing you. They're leading you away from the God-man. If they tell you that he's a created being, they're bribing you, and you're foolish enough to accept it. He's divine. You're being deluded. He's more than divine. He's a great teacher. He's more than a great teacher. He's the redeemer. Yes, now you're on the right path. Stop listening to that trash. Or if you have to listen to it, open your Bible. And say, now wait a minute, brother, uh, sister, I want to compare that to what the Word of God says. Can I get a witness? You and I ought to have enough under our belt to say, that doesn't sound, you might not know exactly why, but that doesn't sound exactly right. And turn to say, Lord, show me where it's at. 
Here's other translations of the same verse, number 27. Surely a person can turn a wise person into a fool. Likewise, men, a bribe corrupts the heart. Don't get corrupted by false philosophies about the person of Christ, about salvation, about who he is, about who he was. Surely the gain of extortion turns a wise man into a fool and a bribe corrupts the heart. Surely, here's another one. Surely oppression drives a wise man crazy. And a bribe drives a person mad. 28. <clears throat> I'm just going to read it because I can see I'm running out of time. When even wise men have unreasonable hardships put upon them, they have much ado to keep their temper and keep their place. I want you to raise your hand, and you don't have to tell me why. It would take too much time. Have you ever had some hardships in your life? Raise your hand, please. Every one of us raised their hand. Hardships are coming. It destroys the heart of silver, or the giver, that is, that even the generous heart. Don't become embittered. I better go on to the next page. That explains that. Those who are in a ministry of giving may become disheartened and discouraged because of the lack of appreciation for those who make their takers. Can you get that? Amen. They took advantage of me. He, she took advantage of me. They took advantage of me. Don't become disheartened because God wants to say to you, I'm with you. If you're in a ministry, you're going to be taken advantage of. Can I get that amen? Those who are in a ministry of giving may become disheartened and discouraged because of the lack of appreciation. Never a thank you. Never thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Thank you for... I saw a sister in the life that I was so encouraged, and I'm, I'm not going to name that person, but it, it, it's a person from this church, just handing, handing a bag out. I don't know who it was. That's the ministry of giving. For the Lord tells those such ministries, better is the end of a thing. You have a reward. It's coming. And don't you want to hear him say, I have fought. It's in the bottom. Second Timothy 4, 7. Don't you know, don't you want to even say, I fought the good fight. Yes. Not I fought a fight. I fought the good fight. Yes. I have finished the course. Yes. I have kept the faith. Yes. Don't give up. Amen. Isn't this a good ending? Can I get an amen? amen? And don't you want to hear him say, well done. So what? You stepped on my feet. So what? You took my coat. So what? You took advantage of giving you a few bucks. So what? Well done. Good and faithful slave. You were faithful for instance. I think it's called getting filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the, what's that next word? Joy. Some of us have a ministry of giving, and it's joyful to give. I only got three to go. Good, I'll be right on time. Suffer hardship as a good soldier with me. Say with me. Don't you know we need people around us? We need people. Of Jesus Christ. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of the cross. You're in the army. God's army. Go past 34. I got to stop, so I'm going to skip a few pages. 35. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, I know I repeated this, joy, peace, patience. Be honest, how many of you are short on patience? Put your hand up. Short on patience. God, have mercy on us. He was patient with us. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I want to go back to one thing. I'm shutting down. Anger. Say anger. We should be angry about certain things as Christians. Jesus went into the temple and cleared them because they were making his his house a house of merchandise. It's called righteous anger. Can I get an amen? Amen. You ought to be upset. You ought to be righteously indignant about, some of you are not going to like this, about abortion. You ought to be righteously indignant. You ought to be righteously indignant about some of the cases you hear where the law was overturned and justice was not served. And I'm not going to name any particular case. You ought to be upset about people using the Lord's name in vain. There is such a thing as righteous anger. Can I get an amen? amen. Or, or are you one of those secondary Christians? You don't care what anybody says. Any type of joke? No, no. Any type of miscarriage of justice? I'm going to end up with this, and I'm going to repeat something that I already said. Is Jesus Lord? And if you want to remember it, Isaiah 45, 23, someday you and I, Christians, unchristians, unbelievers, believers, angels, demons, are going to bow to the King of Kings and the Lord.